And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we are, well, we got a great show today with uh, a really slick uh, mix of guests. But just before that, Casey, I've been reading about uh, a restaurant you know well in at Little Washington, just across the border. It's a three-star Michelin restaurant, and guess what? They are planning on having mannequins at the empty tables between the live people. What do you think about that? I think it's going to be a great experience because... (laughs) I can't believe it. The chef, first of all, it's a three-star Michelin guide. It doesn't get any better than that. And Patrick O'Connell is a drama student. So he's just, he's always had a very interesting restaurant. It's it's $250 for dinner, $180 if you match the wines. So this is an experience. An experience with, like, dummies across from yeah, you. Yeah, but it's like Marilyn Monroe dummies. You know, you'll know them I'm, all. I'm, I'm and they're, used to... And they're life-size human dolls. I mean, I'm used to sometimes eating with dummies, but not, like, dummy dummies. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got oh. masks, too, custom-made masks. Yeah. You know. All right. Well, I'll, uh, let's go when we can go. Yes. I don't think the, the border won't be open for a while, but we'll we'll keep track of this story. It looks uh, very interesting. Hey, today's show, uh, Casey and I are going to talk about uh, it's a long weekend, but we're not supposed to go anywhere. Uh, we still have to hang around, so we're going to be barbecuing in the backyard. Men are going to be what, Casey? Burning. Men are going to be in the backyard burning beef. Yeah, and uh, so we thought we'd give you a few tips about that, and also we're going to cover off a number of rosés that you should be drinking while you're cooking and preparing the food. So that'll co- all come up. And then uh, Rhea Kitch joins us for the first time from Kitch Winery Yeah, and she's going to talk about their really cool, their namesake wines. And um, we're going to cuddle some dogs Yep, from Chris the Coletta. Okanagan Crush Pad. She's off to uh, dog school with her dogs. Uh, I can't believe the size of those dogs. They're bigger than me, both of them. So we'll have a chat about a new lineup of wines from uh, Chris Coletta. And then uh, coming up next... After this short break, Ross Weiss, who is a senior winemaker for the South Okanagan for the Peller family of state wineries, and of course he heads up Black Hills, will join us to talk about, uh, well, we're going to have a wide-ranging discussion about uh, what's going on in the vineyard, what they're releasing, when he thinks they'll be open, and maybe an update about changes at Tinhorn. All that and more coming up next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Save-On Foods. The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save-On Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards. Plus, there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save-On Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. Calling all winemakers, craft brewers, cider makers, or artisan distillers. Canada's first wine village is coming, and you could be a part of it. 
Located at the gateway to Canada's wine capital in Oliver, the village provides turnkey low-capital production facilities that are available for lease starting now. But with space for only 16 artists and producers, the time to act is now to be part of history and start crafting your unique story. To learn more, visit districtwinevillage.com. Black Hills Estate Winery invites you to raise a glass with them this spring to celebrate the start of their 20th anniversary season. They're offering free shipping when you place an order, purchasing six bottles or more so you can experience some of their new spring releases, like their elegant Chardonnay and Carmenere while relaxing at home. Check in with them at blackhillswinery.com to find the latest news. And for more information, make sure to like them on Facebook or follow them on Instagram. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, our first guest today is a very wise guy. His name's Russ Wise, too, which helps. Uh, he is uh, a senior winemaker now for a group of wineries under Peller in uh, the Okanagan Valley, but, of course, is the chief winemaker at Black Hills Estate. Ross, how are you today? Well, I'm very well, thank you, Tony. Uh, fun to catch up with you. I know that uh, the business is upside down, but uh, nothing ever stops in the business. Uh, oh, before we start, you know, we did congratulate you on your Master of Wine that you uh, recently received, which is, it's incredible that you were able to do that while you were working, but uh, I was thinking that you're now a member of uh, a super elite subgroup of MWs. That, now, those are the people that actually make wine. There's not many of them. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> quite an, that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, someone once told me it's tough to have winemaker MWs because they know how to taste, but not many of them know how to how to write. And I think the MW process is a lot about communication and writing. So I yeah. guess I did okay at that side of things and, and it, got me uh, through. And Ross, it's like a master's degree in anything, correct? Like it's a lot of yeah, hard work. It's a lot of work, yeah. I was up at 4 a.m. every morning for four years pretty much studying oh and then tasting after work each day, so... It's a, a lot of work, and yeah, on top of a busy winemaker job, it certainly took up a bit of time. Yes. Yeah. I, th- I I guess I knew, I mean, I know how it works, but what do you think the MW will do for you? Was it, is it going to be that global exposure, or how, how will it fit into the way that you work uh, now as a winemaker? <laughs> That's a good question. I hadn't really thought it through, uh, and I guess since I became an MW, the world's been on lockdown, but I kind of hoped it would be just lead to more travel and just... Yeah, help me get out there and talk to other winemakers and just keep learning and being inspired. But, yeah, I don't think it's going to change the way I do anything. It's definitely helped me become a better wine industry professional and a better winemaker. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just yeah, keep improving and keep traveling was the goal. So uh, we touched on earlier, you, uh, of course, uh, Peller Estate owns a number of wineries in British Columbia that uh, I I would say operate on their own, but you you now have your hands in a couple of them in a recent one at Tinhorn Creek, which we know well where the winemaker has has departed. So can you tell us a bit about your role and how that's going to work at Tinhorn for the moment? Sure, yeah. So since July, I've been a senior winemaker, which I think just makes me sound old, but I'll cope with that. <laughs> and you're, and <laughs> I'm you're a senior not. Winemaker. 
<laughs> uh, some days I feel it, but yeah. So senior winemaker for the South Okanagan wineries for Andrew Pella Limited. So that includes Red Rooster, Black Hills, and Tinhorn Creek. So that's been going on since July. Um, and as you mentioned, uh, Andrew Windsor has just uh, moved on to a new venture from Tinhorn Creek, and uh, we certainly wish him all the best at Maverick, and look forward to tasting his wines there. Um, so yeah, I guess now I'm just going to get a little more involved with the wines at Tinhorn. I'm working with Coral Kuklo, who's been here for 23 years. Um, she knows yeah. everything there is to know about Tinhorn. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting to, I guess, take on a bit more at Tinhorn. When you move into when you move into a new um, position at a winery, at a new winery, like you left uh, Phantom Creek, how long does it take you to feel really comfortable in your job? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, I mean, the first thing you want to do when you start a new winemaker job is really get to know the vineyards. So um, that's the first step. And I guess I had a little head start um, with Tinhorn Creek, knowing them from both being a neighbour to Tinhorn's vineyard up on the Black Sage bench and also just being involved with the company. So uh, I think I had a bit of an advantage there. But, yeah, it's a learning process. I think you keep learning every year. So I'd say it's ongoing would be the answer. Yes. Yeah. Well, you came out of when you came out of Phantom Creek. You were you were working and uh, uh, performing under this ideal organic movement to biodynamics. So, how how has that worked out now at Peller? Are you pushing that role? Do you get a does everybody's ears perk up, or what? What is the direction in terms of that in your vineyards now? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely something that yeah I was passionate about at Phantom Creek and. We've certainly had discussions ongoing at Pella about it, and I think we're ready to, to dip our feet in the water there. So um, either later this year or very early next year, I think we're going to start a conversion of the Black Hills vineyards to organic. Um, we're pretty excited about it. Mm. Um, biodynamics may follow. I think uh, we'll, we'll get organics sorted out first. But, yeah, I think that's, that's a logical next step. We think it's going to help us uh, make better wine. That's the bottom line. I think we haven't sprayed herbicide for years, so... It's just a logical next step for us at Black Hills. What are what are uh, we a couple? We may expand of, it from there. Yeah. What would be a couple of things that you would have to do now to take those steps? I think nutrient management's a, a big part of organics. So um, making compost or sourcing compost is a is a big part of it, um, and I'm pretty excited about that. So that just seems like the right thing to do. Um, and then just I think managing. Um, pests as well, obviously, with insects that we need to control. So just making sure we're doing what we can, um, both culturally in the vineyard, to make sure that we've got beneficial insects to try and take care of them so we don't have to. I guess that's the key. Yeah. How important is it, do you think, to see the Okanagan go that way, biodynamic? <laughs> um, I think organic makes a lot of sense in the Okanagan. I think we've got such low pest pressure here. Um, low disease pressure because we don't get much rainfall through the summer. So I think it really does make sense here, and I think it's a great way to run a vineyard for the safety of your workers and for the for the health of the vineyard. Um, biodynamics, I think that's, that's a bigger discussion. Yes. Uh, yeah. What I really like about biodynamics is that it gets you out in the vineyard, you're paying close attention to your vines. Um, yeah, it's, it's boots on the ground. So I think that can't be bad. That's my favourite part of biodynamics is just the the level of care and attention you're giving to your vineyard. 
Yeah, and it also seems to me that people that go organic, a portion of them go bio. So it's just it's a natural development over time. But getting organic is good. I've been listening, or I, you know, I get all these notices and places like New Zealand saying, "Wow, we're going to be up to twenty percent." I think we're going to be twenty-five percent before we know it in BC, which is a huge amount. Uh, as more and more people join, and certainly you have a number of acres to add to the mix, so it's kind of exciting. Yeah, it's it's certainly taking off, and as I said, I just think it makes sense here. And yeah, I'm not the only winemaker at uh, at Peller that wants to go this way. I think maybe we'll start slow the first year, but I think it could take off from there definitely. Yeah, Ross, you got a couple of new wines coming out. Uh, I know people can check it out on the website at BlackHillsWinery.com. But addendum and black are, are per se, a couple of uh, fancy Latin words. What are they all about? <laughs> yeah, so addendum. This is uh, my first version of it. It's just been released this week, the 2018 Addendum. Um, this one's our Merlot Showcase, so it's about 85% Merlot with the balance being Cab Franc. Uh-huh. Uh, we really we love we love the Merlot we get from the Black Sage Bench, so we just want to show off that bright red fruit and the rich texture. And I love the Cab um, Franc. It, I love yeah, that Cab Franc in the Merlot. Yeah, it makes sense to me. just adds another dimension, a bit of savory complexity and just a bit of depth yeah. to the, the tannin structure. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the other one we've just recently bottled, uh, sort of the, the opposite ratio, I guess you could say, is our Cab Franc based per se. Um, this one's not out to August, but uh, that's sort of 85% Cab Franc and about 15 Merlot. Um, mm-hmm. For this one, we we sourced the fruit a bit further south around our soils from our pay dirt vineyard. Um, this one's a bit more gravelly, gives us darker fruits, um, a bit more tannin structure, big concentration. Uh, pretty excited about Cab Franc around here, so it's even though it is still a blend, it's exciting to be able to showcase that. Yeah, you know, Casey's a, a big fan of Nota Bene, and we're always wondering now that you've been there for a little bit, uh, what have you done with Nota Bene? What are the? I know that you were only you were reluctant to do anything but little tweaks, but what what have you been working on with Nota Bene? <laughs> well, we just bottled the the twentieth vintage of it last week, actually. So the twenty eighteen is in bottle. Um, what am I doing to it? I think the first thing I've, I've done is really look at the barrel program. Uh, I think obviously winemakers are a bit like chefs; they've got their own recipes they like to use, and I've got I've got barrels I really like to use. Um, barrels that are going to support the fruit a bit more, just lend a more gentle hand, I think, to the fruit um, and support it rather than be an aspect of the wine. Uh, and everything else, I think, is in the vineyard, just trying to understand the fruit more, really work around harvest um, timing and just uh, fermentation just to get the best out of the fruit and the tannin. Yeah, we're speaking with... driven wine, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to play with it too much, but just work on the little one percenters each year. Yeah, it's successful. Uh, we're speaking with Ross Weiss, by the way. He's a senior winemaker in the South Okanagan for Peller, and of course he heads up the wines at Black Hill Estate. Uh, before we let you go, Ross, uh, what can you tell us, if anything, about the reopening of uh, wineries and tasting facilities in general, or maybe something about Black Hills with this pandemic? Yeah, so I just heard this morning, actually, that uh, it looks like we're going to be opening up for retail sales only from next week. Um, so no tastings at this stage, but we're still working through protocols on how to provide tastings while keeping customers and staff safe. But yeah. it's exciting that we can... Welcome guests back from next week for retail sales, and it'd certainly be nice to catch up That's with customers great. again. And are the tastings, are people looking, are you looking at like outside tastings for the moment, or is that is that probably the first step in that area? Or 
yeah, I think that's definitely something we're looking at. Again, we're still sort of finalising the protocols, but um, I mean, at Black Hills, we've got a beautiful patio, um, great view of the valley, so it makes sense to sit people down out there and talk to them about the wine. And same at Tintong Creek on the other side of the valley, pretty good view across to sit down and enjoy some wines. I think we all want a slice of pizza and a glass of rosé, right, Casey? Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll be up there before we know it. Yeah. Uh, Ross, great to catch up with you today. I know your rosé is coming out. Is it July or August? So uh, we're finishing up the, the 2018? Yeah, right? 2018. And then we've got the, yeah, the 2019, I think, is going to be late June release. So it's not too okay. far away now. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that one's a good blend of Syrah, Mouvedre, and Grenache for a bit okay. of a change. Okay, we, we want to be on the deck with a slice of pizza and that rosé by the end of uh, June or early July. That sounds great. Thank you, Ross. Perfect. See you later. Uh, Ross Weiss, he's the uh, senior winemaker for uh, Paller Family Estates in the South Okanagan, and uh, doing a great job, Casey, uh, slowly, slowly, slowly tweaking uh, those wines and working with, as you know, the largest selection of women winemaker I think in any wine group. At the yes, moment. it's wonderful to hear. We'll take a quick break. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And uh, right after this commercial break, we'll catch up with Chris Coletta. She's the co-owner of Okanagan Crush Pad. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The team at Spirit Ridge would like to send out heartfelt thank yous to everyone. Thank you to the community. Thanks to the frontline workers at hospitals and care homes for keeping our loved ones safe. And to all our fire and police personnel. And thank you to all those who are helping and working hard to make us stronger. Spirit Ridge Resort. Stay strong and we'll be here for you. Part of the Unbound Collection by Hyatt. Visit spiritridge.ca. Mount Boucherie Estate Winery may be closed for the time being, but that doesn't mean you don't have access to their amazing wines. Check out their open online store today for fantastic curbside specials. Right now, get a 20% local discount on feature wines. Wine Club members, you get a 30% discount. And don't forget they offer free shipping in BC and Alberta on all case orders. For more information, awesome deals, and updated developments, please visit mtboucherie.com. Hillside Winery is here to serve you, BC. We're now offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We're all hunkering down and preparing for weeks of social distancing. Hillside is here to make it just a little bit easier. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca. Have the extraordinary organic wines of Summerhill Pyramid Winery in the pristine Okanagan Valley delivered to your door. When you become an organic ambassador, a portion of every purchase you make at Summerhill goes back into your account, which you can use towards future purchases anytime. Share the love with your friends to earn even more credits. Find out more about Summerhill Pyramid Winery's organic ambassador program and order online by visiting summerhill.bc.ca. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson.
Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine radio program. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, Chris Coletta joins us from Okanagan Crush Pad. Trapped in the Okanagan. I am. <laughs> how, how are you, Chris? Are you enjoying all your free time? <laughs> I have no free time. It's ridiculous. Uh, the first couple of weeks were very quiet. Yeah. My house has never been cleaner. All of my cupboards and drawers... And now yeah. I am so busy. I don't know how I'm going to go back to whatever normal life is going to be. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this will be normal life. We, we won't have to not. say new normal. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What I do you miss most? I, I really want to go to Paris. I want to go to Aha. London. I want to go somewhere. I ah. want to go to a restaurant and have someone serve me a meal. Yes. Yeah. That would be good. And we were just talking about a restaurant in the U.S. is putting in mannequins at tables. And they're all dressed and wearing masks. Really? Yes. Sounds weird, eh? Yeah. Well, you're you're married to a bit of a a barbecue man, so is, is he cooking a bit or...? He is, and we've been going, as you know, we have a piece of property that's 320 acres, <laughs> and we have no neighbors, and so we have been going up there and having a barbecue, uh, so we have a great big huge outdoor fire and yeah. a grill over it, and Steve has been slapping down some lamb chops and uh, making uh, all sorts of goodies he's been making on his open fire pit. Wow. So that's been nice. Wow. And, uh, uh, yeah. That must keep the dogs happy, although having a whole new uh, brand of wines named after you has got to help out too. Let's talk a bit about Bizu and Yukon. Yes. Bizu and Yukon. They are absolutely adorable in real life. And, uh, oh, they just been... look like beautiful animals. They're, they're mountains of dog. You've met them. Yeah. They, You've met them. They've, yeah. they've jumped all over me several times, yeah. Yes, and they're they're fabulous dogs. They're um, incredibly friendly and uh, caring, uh, but they can be incredibly vicious and protective if they are called into action. Yeah. So their main job is to look after the sheep that we have on the property, yeah, they're very good at that, and um, they live out on the 320 acres alone, so they don't live with humans, and I go out and visit them most days, and our winemaker, Matt Dumain, lives on the property as well, so he's out there most days, and some of our vineyard workers are there too, Yeah. so it's not like they don't have human contact, they do, but they're not interested in in human beings. They're wow. more interested in their sheep. And these it's are great Pyrenees? These are great Pyrenees dogs, yes. And how did you hear about these dogs? I know you've been with pads. You've been very interested for yes, years. These, in are, these are certainly not Labrador retrievers. They no. um, At pads, we, um, Pacific Assistance Dogs, we uh, train service dogs, and they are primarily Labrador retrievers. And they're extremely easy to train because they love food. But the Great Pyrenees is very different. They're very indifferent, and um, they don't really respond to humans. Um, and they're, they're meant to be aloof. So they go by their own instinct, and they're basically looking not to you, but to the surroundings for um, any sort of signs of danger. Yeah. Um, so they they just sort of do their own thing. And how and tall are these dogs, and how much do they weigh? 
Uh, Yukon weighs about 140 pounds. Bizu wow. is about 125, and they're about uh, they stand about four feet tall. Yeah, they're four quite big. Four feet tall. Yeah, and they're they're night people too, right? They are. They're nocturnal, so they snooze during the day. Yeah. They always sort of have one eye open, but I have been <laughs> able to sneak right up on both of them, which is really? always fun. Then you go, boo, <laughs> wake them up. <laughs> and uh, because most of the time predators are around at night, so they're very active at night. So often people will get them thinking that they make wonderful uh uh, pets, pets oh, but they're geez. not great they because they wander around at night on occasion i have them over at my house for sleepovers yeah. uh sometimes if they've gone to the vet or they've injured a foot or they've gone to the groomers i don't put them back out on the farm until they're fully dry they have a sleepover and they're wandering around all night oh boy yes. and yep. your winery is dog friendly very much so, yes. we. If you have a well-behaved dog, you're allowed to bring the dog. We have places out on the patio where you can tie your dog up and a nice fresh bowl of water. And uh, we love having dogs come, um, providing that they are well-behaved. Yeah. We do have okay. manners and etiquette, but we have to follow here. And so, do, do your dogs come down when there's other? No, our dogs stay away, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no room for them. They're so big. They're like, you know, yeah, ex- yeah extended family visiting too much. Exactly. Uh, Chris, you uh, obviously working hard all winter, thinking all this stuff up. So you've come up with a, a lineup of wines. You're, you're making three wines now under the Bizu and Yukon uh, brand. Yeah, and I'll give you a little bit of a backstory. I, yeah. um, you know, I, I travel a lot <clears throat> most of the time, <laughs> and when I'm away, I always sort of wonder what the dogs are up to because uh, um, I worry about them and um, I, I've sort of imagined this world for them where they sort of take over and um, they start running the show right. and so the labels all sort of depict um, an imaginary world where Bizu and Yukon are the boss and uh, so they start uh, shaping the program in the vineyard and dictating what happens in the cellar and uh, so things start going uh, in a different direction, uh, should I say. Um, and so this uh, started to shape in my mind over the winter, and I started working on it in spring. And it was in no real rush, but then with the uh, COVID-19 uh, sort of taking over our, our lives, I thought it was yeah. a great time to sort of launch this and bring something fun, affordable, and enjoyable to people. Right. And and uh, if I, I read it right, there's you buy a case, you get 12 different labels of the same wine. Exactly, yes. So there's three wines. There's a mixed white, uh, a rosé, and a red. Yeah. And so on each of those three wines, there's four different labels. So if you buy a mixed case, which we're calling mixed treats, uh, you get 12 different labels <laughs> in the case. Great, Very and they're clever. really fun labels. They are, yes. They're really cute. And on the back of each, there's a little story that tells you the whole... Uh, it links back to something that we're actually doing on the property. Yeah, that's kind of cool. So Okanagan Crush Pad, uh, you can order these wines online, I assume, and have them delivered in there. Let's say they're roughly twenty dollars. Is that nineteen ninety nine? Yeah, and the, and and the package 20... with the taxes in and delivery, it's two hundred and seventy five dollars delivered to your okay. door if you live in British Columbia. And um, if you live up north in you in the Yukon, for example, people have been ordering from. Yeah. From there, <laughs> it'll be a little bit more expensive for delivery, but um, 
we've been uh, we've been shipping them all over. It's been very exciting. We're I know. speaking dogs with jobs. I just love it. Yes, and uh, it's uh, it's interesting how many people um, absolutely adore dogs, and how many people have come out of the woodwork telling me how useful their own dogs are, which um, I, I find interesting because most uh, most dogs do relatively little. <laughs> I'm very yeah. curious about how much Great Pyrenees eat, and what do they eat? They eat regular large breed dog food, and these two, in the wintertime, they eat about $900 worth of dog food a month. Wow. Wow. And then in the summer, that goes down. So in the winter, they're trying to stay warm, so they eat a lot. Yes. And in the summertime, they probably that probably goes down to about 450 It's about half. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We're and obviously, with, with, with COVID-19, I was worried about dog food supply. Mm-hmm. So I went out and I did hoard. I didn't think about toilet paper and hand sanitizer, but I did hoard up on uh, dog food. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, Chris Coletta, she's a co-owner at Okanagan Crush Pad. So, Chris, uh, we don't have a lot of time. What's the skinny on what? what's happening? Are you are you selling wine? Are you not selling wine? Are you super rich now? Are you stuck there? How will guest experiences go? Can we ever visit a winery? What's your take on uh, what's going to happen? I'm hoping that we can reopen. Uh, We are ever so hopeful that we'll be able to reopen. No one is offering tastings right now. Uh, Most wineries are offering curbside pickup. Um, And uh, if we do reopen, we will be uh, offering table service with a reservation system so that we can seat people uh, at an appropriately spaced distance from one another and we are going to be bringing everyone a pre-poured um, flight of wines on a flight board. So we'll right. be able to drop that down at your table with a description of the wines, and then we'll be able to step back and describe what you're tasting and not be back and forth at your table endlessly. Yeah. And uh, so to me, the day of the tasting bar is over where we're interacting constantly with people. And uh, food service is probably not going to be something that happens at wineries this year. Um, and it's going to wow. look very different. But we're, we're ever so hopeful that by the middle of June we'll be able to be open. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wine industry is working really hard as a sector to try and come up with protocols that are acceptable. Yep. And, you know, we all have to be on the same page because, uh, you know, our customers and our staff all have to be, uh, you know, be feeling safe and healthy and confident about coming to wine country. Yeah. That is key for all of us. And, yeah, and uh, and to know the game plan everywhere they go is going to be somewhat similar in terms of that. Completely, because if we get bad reviews from people, that is yeah. just not what we want. We need good, positive reviews. We need confidence. Um, yeah. We're going to be doing things like having a guest logbook where we're going to ask people to give us their name and contact information and just a list of the first names of the people they're with. So if there's an incident or something pops up, we can give yep. that information to Interior Health, all those kinds of things. So yeah. it's really all about... Um, making sure that people can come to wine country this year, uh, have a relaxed, enjoyable time, not be stressed out about it, but also be safe. Well, Chris, uh, as they say, we're all in this together, so we wish you well. We can't wait to somehow be involved in getting back up there and helping with the opening. Uh, So we await uh, the rules and uh, can't wait to see you soon. 
I, can't. I would love to see you here, definitely. We need to make that happen this year. I can't wait to see the new cellar hands that are all paws. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. They need to go to the spa. I'm desperately waiting for the dog spa to reopen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're open in Vancouver. Okay, well, I better get on to my uh, WAGS do dog spa lady. Yes. That's a, that's a long drive with two Pyrenees in the back of the car. No, <laughs> it needs to happen in Summerland. Yeah. Thanks, Excellent. Chris. Nice chatting. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Chris Coletta, she's a co-proprietor up at Okanagan Crush Pad, uh, really one of the most fun places to visit in the Okanagan and uh, just having had their legs taken out from under them like everyone else. It's it's interesting to see how uh, they're going to reset and move ahead. we got to get out of here and take a quick break. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And you're listening to the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save On Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards. Plus, there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save On Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. At Family-Owned Therapy Vineyards and Inn, their family like yours has made changes to daily routines. Now offering curbside pickup or, as always, order at therapyvineyards.com for convenient delivery to your home. Stay connected with Therapy Vineyards through their newly launched video series along with great spring offers. From their family to yours, they look forward to welcoming you to beautiful Naramata soon. As their labels have stated since 2017, we're in this together. Therapyvineyards.com Finhorn Creek Vineyards is now offering you the exclusive opportunity to take advantage of free shipping when you place an order purchasing over six bottles. Send wine to someone you love to show them you're thinking of them this season. Now, while their tasting bar remains closed, their award-winning Miradoro restaurant is offering takeout, so you can experience the flavors of Tinhorn from the comfort of your home. Online and telephone orders are also available for curbside pickup. For the latest updates, please visit tinhorn.com. Come and get married in the land of Ing at Watermark Beach Resort in Osuyas. Beachfront on Osuyas Lake, Canada's warmest lake. One stop for all your wedding dreams. Gorgeous lakefront suites at Watermark Beach Resort for you, your family, and your friends. Farm to table South Okanagan cuisine. Dining and whining, laughing and celebrating. Deep in wine country. <laughs> Connect today. Weddings at watermarkbeachresort.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we are excited today to have a new guest, Rhea Kitch, joins us. She's a co-founder and proprietor of Kitch Wines in uh, Kelowna. Rhea, how are you today? Hi, I'm well, thanks. How are you? Uh, very well. Welcome to the show. I don't believe we have spoken to you before, uh, and uh, we love your hipster winery. Thanks. No, I'm excited to be on the show. Yeah. Very cool wines. I've got Let's... a bottle of Riesling in my climatizer. 
Nice. That I actually uh, got for Mother's Day, but we postponed it until the long weekend, so I can't wait to try it. It's, it's delicious, great. Casey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, Kitch Wines. Uh, who are you? Where are you? How, when did you start? Yeah, so I'll try to make the story short. My husband and I are both born and raised in Kelowna. Uh, he's third generation, and we uh, had Saks Underwear Company. He started that. We met early in those days, and we moved to Vancouver and built it and grew it and ultimately sold it. And when we did that, we moved back to Kelowna, and we found a really beautiful piece of property, a small farm, an orchard in East Kelowna on the bench, and uh, we decided to convert it to vineyard. His parents moved in next door to us. We really get along, so that's helpful. And they planted uh, their larger estate or acreage with vines as well, great vines based on kind of our diligence. And we planted mm-hmm. Riesling, Pinot Gris, Pinot Noir, and Chardonnay. Good you choices. did an awful lot in a short period of time, including having two children. <laughs> Yeah, we did. We So Trent's family in particular are, are serial entrepreneurs. His grandpa had the first taxi company in Kelowna and was the only taxi company for a long time. His dad has been an entrepreneur. His sister is a well-known entrepreneur. And so that's also why we decided to do the winery. You know, we had to decide, are we farmers or, you know, should we try and do this ourselves? And we thought we saw an opportunity to speak to kind of our demographic and our mindset in an industry that has beautiful wines, but maybe, you know, we didn't know which winery we really uh, felt aligned to. So we planted the mines in 2013. We had two babies, one in 2014, one in 2015. And we also started a cannabis company. So we were the 32nd um, license to cultivate issued in Canada out of 2,500 applications. And we were cultivating in West Kelowna. Uh, we ultimately took that company public and sold it in September of 2018. So it's been a busy few years. It's, uh, I'm quite amazed. I, I guess my, my biggest question is if you, you come out of, uh, Saks, probably one of the best marketed products, uh, you know, I've seen in ages, uh, and you go into a very restrictive, uh, business like wine, which is highly regulated, cannabis, highly regulated. How are you surviving? Can you even breathe in that kind of an environment or? That's a super good question. Um, I think most entrepreneurs, most inventors, most people who kind of do something that hasn't been done will tell you that not knowing what they didn't know has helped them do it. So I don't think we really realized the environment into which we were going because there are so many wineries and you think, oh, breweries, wineries, distilleries, it can't be like, you know, it seems like a lot of people can do it. And after coming out of Saks, which was reinventing a category that everyone said, you can't reinvent underwear, but like you're crazy. So I think <laughs> yeah. we felt like, oh, if we could do that, we can probably do what 250 other companies are doing in our little region. Yeah. Um, but you're right. You know, had we known what we know now, might we have chosen a different path? Maybe. But I think, <laughs> you know, we, we're here and we're, we're making a go of it. And I think we're finding our way. Oh my God! I, I say keep going, like just get mm-hmm. it going because uh, it, there's nothing that needs more of a refresher than uh, wine marketing. So, good good luck on you. And I, I guess the first thing that attracted me to your winery was a wine called Block Party, because I thought, oh man, what look at this? Look at these colors. Look at this name. Is this for real? And uh, but you know what I love most about wines and discovering new wines and meeting new people is if they can make a connection. If if the bottle and the label and the wine and the taste makes sense, yeah. I think it's fan- it, it makes so much sense. And and a wine like Block Party, I don't know how you came up with it, but it's the perfect wine. It's for a great what's in name. The Thank you. 
Yeah, yeah so, so I'll take credit for the name. I don't often, like, raise my hand on the take credit thing, but I just, like, had an epiphany at night because we knew we wanted to um, – we knew we wanted to co-ferment the second pressings because we yep. were paying for crush offsite and we were yep. paying by tonnage going in, not by literage coming out for the first time. So we were like, we're, we can get extra liters this year and pay the same price. Let's, you know, make a blend. And that was really like, you know, kind of this idea that was presented to us. And that was a great idea. But then how do we position that when we're making single vineyard wines and we're trying to, you know, dictate quality and command a certain price, yeah. um, but still be fun and approachable. And so it kind of came to me at night, like these are all vineyard blocks and they're mm-hmm. celebrating, you know, the site. Cause it's still all true to our site in East Kelowna, which is nice still to terroir, but uh, still keep it fun. So thanks for noticing that. I love that wine, and it reminds me a bit of Kathy Malone makes a, a Pinot Gris <laughs> that looks like your wine. Your wine looks like her wine. They're different blends, but they're, mm. well, I call them, uh, they look like rosés, but they're not, uh, which I love because they have such, uh, such a different flavor profile and a more interesting profile. Anyway, uh, enough about Block Party. People can buy that wine mm. and have their own Block Party, I guess. Uh, yeah, we're in a few BCL stores in the Okanagan with that one, too, so that's yeah. new for us. Um, and then we're in private liquor stores, and we're in some great restaurants when they're allowed to reopen as well. We're speaking with Rhea Kitch. She's a co-founder and proprietor of Kitch Wines in East Kelowna. So focusing on uh, Chardonnay, Riesling, and Pinot Gris, and your, uh, as you say, I don't know how strong your background is. I think you know a lot about your climate because it's so cool in uh, in East Kelowna. It's such a great place to make wine, and, and until probably 10 years ago, a lot of people didn't really take that place very seriously, and now everybody and his dog wants a vineyard there to make Pinot Noir and Chardonnay mm-hmm. and Riesling. So you did a good job choosing those two. Are you are you happy now? Will you stay with the, with this collection that you have? Yeah, in fact, so when we when we were planting, again, being like generationally here, we are fortunate enough to be friends with the Stewart family, um, mm-hmm. you know, by yeah. acquaintance at least. So we yep. were able to connect with them and, and they kind of helped us with understanding what varietals would work. And we wanted Riesling. That was kind of what we told them we wanted. And they're like, well, you're in luck. <laughs> this is a great place for Riesling. So that was known. And then we, when Transparence bought the bigger piece, we had to pick some more varietals and they really helped us with that. And we, we give them a lot of thanks. Uh, the industry has actually been really supportive and, and collaborative with us. Yeah, now great. we're in the midst of yeah we're in the midst of planting about eleven and a half acres tomorrow. We start and we're mm. planting all Pinot Noir. Just uh, three properties up the bench. We purchased what will hopefully be the future home of Kitch Wines, and um, and we're planting Pinot uh, five different clones so that we can create uh you know more more pinot more rosé perhaps go into sparkling and and do some more fun stuff and you have a new winemaker yeah we do we welcomed graham pierce to the team this week we met him very organically we um went separate ways with our winemaker before which was all amicable in um, march early march and we knew we were going to need someone but we weren't really ready to hit the street and look around because we wanted to really map out what we were doing and what we would need over the long term. 
as we look towards building a winery and so on. So we kind of were just, you know, going along. We were actually getting a lot of solicitations, a lot of applications, which was lovely and great to, you know, see that there was some interest there. And then we kind of naturally came across Graham's path and he wasn't avidly looking for something as far as I know either. And we have some mutual friends in the industry. So it, it was kind of cool. We met and it was right away. The things each of us were saying was like, oh my gosh, exactly. Oh yeah, that's what we think. And it felt really neat to not have to pitch yourself to somebody yet feel like everything was in alignment. So mm. we kind of went through those, you know, then more logistical things of when and, and, and how does this look? And it all again seemed to line up. So he started with us Monday and it's been really lovely. Great. We've just got a couple of minutes left. So quickly tell us about your wine club with a K and also the you're very charitable. If you could just mention that before we sign off. Absolutely. So our wine club, we have three shipments a year and they're either in four packs or eight packs. So you're ultimately getting, you know, 12 bottles over the year or 24 over the year. Um, they, we ship across Canada in Ontario, you know, July 1st, that'll open up. So that'll be awesome. Um, and we also offer exclusive wines, you know, access to events that typically always sell out. So you kind of get first access to that, which is a hot commodity. And then, um, you know, we include kind of unreleased or, or special wines, which is nice. Um, we have our unoaked Chardonnay or, you know, generally unoaked Chardonnay program. We collaborate with, uh, in 2017, it was Mamas for Mamas, which is a nationwide charity that is, as it sounds, Mamas for Mamas. They help families in need and bridge the gap between people that are uh, qualifying for help and people that need help, even though they don't qualify. So kind of keep people out of poverty, essentially, and families out of poverty. And then Tentry is the newest one. We've just sold out of our Mamas for Mamas Chardonnay. If you see it on a shelf, you should scoop it up. A dollar of each of those bottles goes to that organization. Tentry plants five trees for every bottle of 2018 Chard. That's a BC-based company that's planting trees all over the world. And it's not just good for carbon emissions, but it creates jobs in those markets. They're paying women and men in those villages and, and places to replant and a lot of times the one we're doing in specific in Madagascar it's helping agriculture because all of their soils being washed away from having lost their mangrove forests that are where kind of the water meets the ocean so whenever it rains they lose all their topsoil and their agricultural options get decreased so it's really like a full economic gain and uh, we're excited to be able to donate to that and, and help our wine serve this greater cause. Uh, Rhea, uh, so great to catch up with you today. I, I just uh, I can't wait to come up and visit you because I'm I'm just uh, I'm very excited about what you're doing. I don't often meet young people who tell me they're planting five clones, uh, so <laughs> that's great. Uh, that means something. That means something in the wine business. And also, uh, I was talking a bit about I, I I should never talk about bottles and labels and artwork but mm. i would talk i i always loved i have loved from the beginning the fit and finish of your bottles and your screw caps and your labels like you look like you're in business uh and Thank so you. the it's the details that count and it points to uh, you know it helps a lot when i think you're launching a young winery so so good luck and we hope to catch up with you soon great to chat with Likewise. you thank you so much Re for having me see you in you're Kelowna. so welcome Rhea Kitch, she's the co-founder and proprietor of Kitch Wines uh, up in the Cologne area. So check them out. If you haven't been there, I think it's uh, worth the stop as soon as they can reopen after this uh, nutty pandemic. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll take a quick break. And Casey and I will be back for to talk about the holiday long weekend. 
There's more to come. This is the VC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Barb Haller, owner of Poplar Grove Winery in the Okanagan. I see world-class wines being grown here. I see the potential for growth in the wine industry, in ecotourism, in everything that the Valley has to offer. And on her winery. It is the best job in the world. I'm in the sunshine all the time. I'm looking out over the lake. There's the birds. There's the crew. Poplar Grove, available at private fine wine stores. Join the wine club at poplargrove.ca. Cullman, a family estate winery, reminds you that it's time to join the 2020 Fellowship and reap the rewards. Cullman's Fellowship not only brings people together through their love of Cullman wines, it also features exclusive benefits only available to members, like access to the Numbers Series, Cullman's Small Lot Program, as well as unreleased library and rare wines from their portfolio. For details, visit Cullman.ca. Cullman, a family estate winery, creating wines of excellence through the blending of art and science. The upper bench of BC's Similkameen Valley, a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. Here, nestled in a sun-laden stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clos Winery. And even though now's not the time to physically explore the Similkameen, you can still get a taste of it. Clos blends age-old Bordeaux varieties and a unique Similkameen minerality into elegant, age-worthy, distinctively terroir-driven wines. Available online at clodisolet.ca with free shipping to your doorstep now on all orders. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Makes no difference what group I'm in. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we're all preparing for a different kind of long weekend, usually one of the biggest, raucous, most uh, fun long weekends of the year. can still be that, but it's going to have to be at home, Casey. So yes, we're going to talk a bit about barbecuing. and uh, With fewer people, Tony. And so yeah. I say get some New York steaks, strip loins, because you can afford to do it because you're going to have probably half the number of people at your at your dinner and you're buying wine instead of buying in the restaurant so right or you can still have hamburgers they're yes, pretty good can. nothing like a hamburger when you want one uh, but uh so uh casey just a few things we were going to talk since we're all used to washing our hands now and trying to stay safe and uh, are learning more and more about personal health uh, I love <laughs> I love what's going on out there in the personal health department of people that uh, maybe never thought of it for most of their lives. But uh, there are certain things with barbecuing that uh, need to be done too, starting with the handling of raw meat. Yes, make sure when you get the meat home that you keep it away from other foods. And I mean like lettuce and tomatoes. So make sure you pack meat separately and uh, you don't want juices leaking out onto the other foods. Yeah. So if you freeze uh, your steak or your beef or whatever, Casey, what you need to get it out ahead of time. Yes, I would take uh, it out uh, a day ahead and thought. And out of the or freezer, at least but, overnight, but not the refrigerator. Yes, don't take it out of the refrigerator. So you you don't. A lot of people just take it out of the freezer and put it on the counter. I know it's not a good idea. They should definitely yeah. keep it in the refrigerator. Which takes longer, so it needs a little bit more planning to you know to come to uh, to thaw out if you're doing it in the refrigerator versus on on top of the counter where it could be 90 degrees or yes 
Uh, and what's this cross-contamination that we hear so much about and well, when we're preparing that's what like happens this? when you, if you put raw meat, you know, close to other foods, especially vegetables. Yeah. So, so don't put it, don't use the same cutting board, obviously. No, when, use when separate you... utensils, definitely. Cutting boards, dishes, and, you know, any cooking equipment when you're handling raw and cooked foods. Yeah, and what about cleaning up those boards and that afterwards? Is there a simple way to do that? I think or? just fill the fill the sink with soapy water. Yeah. For the boards, I mean, you can you can put them in the dishwasher, but yeah. of course, if it's a wooden board, they're they're going to break down over time. Or you could put a little bleach, I guess, in the water, eh? Just a touch or something. Yes, you could do that to too. really uh, just like to a, really get the job done. About a teaspoon, with you know every three cups of yep. water. And, uh, well, here's something I'm guilty of not using, Casey, is the thermometer because I'm a man and no one knows how to burn beef better than men. Uh, <laughs> but so what's your take on these these new digital food I thermometers? I think they're and fantastic. And you know what, Tony? They'll fit in your pocket, like, so easily. You know, color alone isn't a big enough indicator when you're cooking hamburgers and beef. You need a temperature check. You absolutely need a temperature check. And just make sure that you use it properly. Like for hamburgers, you insert it in the side of the patty all the way through to the middle. You don't yeah. put it down through the top. Okay. And make we sure you clean your digital food thermometer in warm, soapy yeah. water between temperature readings. Checks. Yeah. Okay. Good advice. And we were talking about barbecuing, everything from briquettes to gas barbecues. Uh, and you were suggesting to me that folks should maybe go to wirecutter.com which is a, a, a review website owned by the New York Times, to, uh, and they're reviewing all kinds of products. They do a really great job on uh, gas grills uh, and other kinds of barbecues. You can uh, sort by that and then have a look at it and uh, look at some of the uh, – they're, they're mostly the same brands. I see the top pick uh, for the best gas grill is a Weber Spirit. Uh, available for about 500 U.S., so I'm sure it'll be about 700 here in Canada, but there you go. Yeah, and check out uh, Costco. Have some great deals on barbecues. Uh, now, when you're barbecuing, we thought we would briefly mention, because this week we've released a number of... Uh, we're doing two big releases of rosés at Gizmondia on Wine, so we've done about 20 this week. They've just come out uh, on May 12th, so you can search for those. Casey, We've a lot of your favorites are on here uh, the Clos de Soleil. I know you're a fan of that. I am. Uh, and then uh, one that I'm I'm pretty high on, based on the price, is the Quailsgate Rosé. They've really done a great job this year. It's a Gamay Pinot Noir, Pinot Meunier style wine. And uh, so look for that. It's only eighteen ninety nine. Uh, Orofino's got a lovely wine out. You, Covert Farms has a fantastic, uh, inexpensive, relatively inexpensive organic uh, rosé out. Kitsch. Yes. Uh, we just talked to Ria. They've got a lovely rosé out there. Twenty nineteen. Tantalus has a star uh, star stopper. I guess <laughs> it's really a showstopper. That's what I was looking for fantastic wine at $19.13 so and tantalus uh, rosé is pretty hot too and you can you can have uh, and drink tantalus uh, you know anywhere you want uh, i think it's uh, it's fun and then and we have a number from Michigan. all of that available on gizmoni on wine this week so have a look at that always nice to sip on a rosé while you're preparing the barbecue casey we're out of time we want to wish everybody out there uh, to have a safe 
uh, long weekend. And remember what uh, Dr. Bonnie says. She says more spaces and less faces. we got to stick with that for a while yet. So uh, keep your distance, uh, love your family, and have a great long weekend. I'm Tony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And we thank uh, everybody at the Food & Wine Radio Network and our technical producer, Anissa Hetherington, for another great job. See you all next week on the BC Food & Wine Radio Show. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.